if you live in a communist system and that was your whole life, you didn't really know you didn't have freedom. I, I grew up in China and uh, the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, they are there to control. They control everything, including scientific discoveries. That's why most of the people didn't know the truth and they follow the leadership of the CCP, which is tragic. That's a good example that why I quit scientific research and pursue a media career, because uh, people need to know the facts. If we lose our freedom, you lose your, your ability to look at the facts and, and you are controlled by this tyranny and you become nothing. For the Epoch Times and NTD, although we keep an eye on the profit, we always follow the heart. That's when you know you're doing the right thing. That's our best business model because uh, if we can speak truth, we can always find the audience. Uh, and we, we, we have peace of mind in our heart and the business is solid because of that. Welcome to the Thought Leader Revolution with Nikki Ballou. Join the revolution. There's never been a better time in history to speak your truth, find your freedom, and make your fortune. Each week, we interview the world's top thought leaders and learn the secrets of how they built a six to seven figure practice. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice. Welcome to the Thought Leader Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Ballou. And boy, do we have an exciting, amazing guest lined up for you today. Today's guest is a man with an incredible, diverse, high-level background. He is a man with a PhD in molecular biology. And he's had over 10 years experience in the vaccine industry. He is now the president of the N. TD Television Network and a columnist for the incredible, important newspaper, The Epic Times. I am speaking, of course, of none other than the one, the only, the legendary Joe Wang. Welcome to the show, Joe. Thank you, Nick, for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure, my friend. It's my pleasure. So I'm really glad that our mutual friend, Roger Simon, introduced us. He's a good man. And uh, I'm very excited to uh, be connected with you. So, Joe, the people that listen to this show, they are all believers in freedom as well. They're all champions of freedom, free expression, and free enterprise. They're entrepreneurs, and without freedom, you can't be a successful entrepreneur. It's kind of the basis of having a successful entrepreneurial journey. But they listen to the show because they want to learn from you. They don't want to learn from me. They hear from me every week. They want to know about you and how you can help them act in ways that will help them grow, be more successful, and all that good stuff. But before they can open themselves up to you, they got to get to know you. So tell us your backstory. How'd you get to be the great Joe Wang? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Nick. Um, well, I think of, my, of myself, greatness is it, it's not something that I come to my mind. But uh, but I did uh, come to, uh, to today here in Toronto, um, a long way. I uh, I grew up in 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 China. I was born during the uh, the uh, Mao's uh, Cultural Revolution. Um, wow. So basically, uh, um, I um, my mother gave birth to nine um, children, 
Only wow. six of us uh, survived. I am the youngest. Uh, uh, so in, in in China around that time, it was very tough. It was very tough in terms of um, disease, in terms of uh, uh, hunger, in terms of uh, the necessities of life. Uh, and most of all, uh, I, I didn't realize that uh, this until I actually came to Canada. Uh, it, it's the freedom. Um, uh, you, if you live in a communist system, and that was your whole life, you didn't really know uh, you didn't have freedom. So when I uh, come to Canada, I, 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 I the, you know, people talk about culture shock, language shock, all the different. Uh, things um but to me the the biggest shock is freedom uh mm. in, in here you actually can um i don't like justin trudeau i can i can i can just uh, <laughs> talk about it um but in china that could uh, be a, a death sentence uh mm. if you criticize xi jinping for instance so yeah i i, I did come a long way I have to say that I worked very hard uh, for this um, to be able to come to here because there, there are so many uh, people that wanted freedom in China. Only, only a small fraction of, of us actually were able to come to uh, Canada, the U.S. and other free countries. But I had to say that uh, you know it's it's fate I would say and 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 uh, and also hardworking. Mm-hmm. For instance, I I was uh, number three in the the, the all important uh, um, co- uh, college entrance exams uh, when I w- was uh, finishing high school, uh, ready to go to college. But the the competition was was <laughs> was very very tough. So. Among like a hundred thousand kids, I I was number three. So um, wow. So I I really worked hard for that. So so I can score high and I can actually choose my uh, my college. Um, so um, because I I grew up as a, as an atheist because you know in the Chinese uh, communist system. There is no, uh, there's no choice. So even your family had a history of certain uh, spirit, spirituality. Uh, as a matter of fact, um, uh, most Chinese are the the they believe in um, in in God, in in, in Buddha, in in, in higher uh, uh, beings. Um, but the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, basically crushed everything. So when I was growing up uh, during the Cultural Revolution, uh, religion and uh, believing in 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 God and Buddha and those are forbidden. So I grew up as an atheist, and I uh, I, I was educated like uh, we were the masters of uh, of the universe. So we were we should be able to do uh, everything and anything and. Uh, uh, so, so when I was able to, to pick and choose my college, I choose the uh, um, the best university in in China, it's Fudan University in, in in southern China. It's it's uh, number one is the best, and arguably uh, in northern China, Beijing is is the best. So the, we have a rivalry over there. But in any case, I um, uh, I choose Fudan. 
And then I, I chose uh, genetic engineering as my uh, specialty because, uh, you know, we were educated that, uh, you know, we, we, we can fight heaven, we can fight everything and win. Um, so I was, uh, I had the ambition to be the best scientist so that we, we solve the food shortage problem because, you know, we, all we need to do is to make better crops, right? And uh, we can fight diseases because all we need to do, we can, we, we, we just develop the best vaccines to prevent, to prevent diseases. And then we develop the best drugs so that we can uh, cure diseases. So I had this uh, ambition and, and uh, Fudan was really the best choice because uh, uh, it, it, in Fudan University, uh, the faculties and, and, uh, and the uh, academic uh, system is, is really the American system. Um, whereas okay. in the Northern China, the Beijing University is more like the Soviets, right? So, so I, I come to Fudan, I learned from the American educated uh, uh, professors. And uh, so again, I did quite well. And uh, I accepted a full scholarship from the University of Ottawa. To be uh, to be a, 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 a PhD student, and uh, my uh, my supervisor was was very um, very good to me. He offered also uh, something called teaching assistance, so that so that I can make some money. And uh, and all my um, tuitions are uh, waived um, uh, because of the scholarship. So I I was a very I was very grateful for uh, for Dr. Hickey. Um, from the University of Ottawa, I was able to complete my PhD in molecular biology, uh, and and then I uh, um, I went to Cornell for my postdoc uh, training and uh, worked on genetic uh, modified crops GMOs. Um, mm. So because Cornell is really the best uh, in uh, agriculture uh, research, uh, so. I grew up in a very poor area. Food shortage has always been uh, the problem. And uh, uh, when I was, uh, you know, educated, and I wanted to 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 uh, help solving that, that that problem, so I went to Cornell. I made a a, a tomato plant that is uh, pest resistant using genetic engineering. So I was able to put some genes um, into tomato plants so that the bugs eat the plant leaf and they die. So that wow. <laughs> that, that was my uh, that was, uh, was my research at Cornell. And then I was uh, lucky enough to be able to uh, find a job at uh, uh, Sanofi Pasteur. Uh, used to be called Canal Labs. Uh, that was uh, a spin-off of uh, University of Toronto. Um, uh, at uh, Steels and Dufferin area, uh, yeah. there was a big campus. Uh, we um, then the Canal Labs was uh, was uh, basically uh, um, sold to big pharmaceutical companies. Uh, it becomes today's uh, Sanofi Pasteur. Uh, it, when I was there, it was the biggest vaccine uh, company in the world. Um, but now today, it's, um, I'm pretty sure it's Pfizer. Um, but at that time, <laughs> uh, we uh, we are uh, we were 
we're quite proud of uh, you know what coming out of our company. Uh, we, uh, I think, undoubtedly saved a lot of uh, lives uh, with our products. I uh, I can see it uh, with today's MRA technology though. So uh, I. Uh, so when I was working for Connaught, I, I worked on, uh, you know, projects like um, cancer vaccines. Um, and most probably, most relevant would be the SARS-1 uh, vaccine in 2003. So if you were around uh, in Toronto at that time, 2003, you probably would remember that we had SARS, um, yep. SARS-1. And uh, my office was in Sunnybrook Hospital, and that was the epicenter of of SARS one in Toronto. I uh, I happened to be uh, in Lyon for com- company meetings, and I heard there would be a, a WHO press conference in Geneva, uh, Geneva, Switzerland on some mysterious diseases happening in southern China. Uh, of course, I, I wanted to, to, um, to actually go and, and, and hear what's happening there. So that was SARS-1. Uh, so I, uh, when I come back uh, from Gen- Geneva to, uh, to Toronto, I pitched uh, the idea of developing uh, a SARS vaccine. Um, because we were, after all, the number one vaccine companies uh, in the world. So, so I was leading a, a team uh, doing uh, SARS-1 vaccine development. Uh, and of course, the disease went away. Unlike COVID-19, uh, it kept, kept going. But SARS-1 dis- disappeared after killing, I think, 41 people in Toronto. And uh, since the disease disappeared, there was no need for a vaccine. So our project actually got uh, stopped. Uh, that's um, because I, I knew all this and SARS, the virus, um, although they're different, but uh, they, they, they're quite similar actually. Um, so I knew SARS-1 uh, from you know uh, all different angles. So when SARS-2 come around, I, I was very interested in, in, in in um in the virus and the the pandemic and uh, how did you know, China do how did the US do how did Canada do and uh and that's that's uh you know I um when when the new vaccine uh, come out uh, the MIA vaccine I um I was I was quite surprised that uh, uh they 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 could rush out a vaccine like that. And uh, um, and and when Omicron came around, and uh, I thought this this could be the best vaccine. Um, like we, uh, you know, we tried all these different means, but Omicron, um, it's like uh, a, a vaccine nature has given to us. Uh, it's 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 probably the best thing that could happen to humanity. Um, but 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 then I, I I heard that you know Doc Ford uh, and the Ontario government is, is, is so afraid of Omicron they wanted to 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 continue the lockdown and so on and so forth. I was like, 
no, <laughs> this is this is good. So I started to write uh, uh, about the column uh, for the Epoch Times on, on you know, Omicron or on the vaccine and uh, uh, so on and so forth. So I have been writing uh, ever since. So I guess I, I talked uh, quite a bit of, of uh, myself, but uh, how did I uh, move from uh, from a vaccine researcher to uh, a media guy? Uh, probably that's an interesting people, story. I'm sure <laughs> people <laughs> might be wondering. So that's um, um, so when I uh, was developing um, those vaccines, I was working for Sanofi, and there's so many. Uh, smart people uh, in the company. Um, actually, the comp- it's quite stressful because we, um, uh, there's one thing in the pharmaceutical industry that uh, um, people may not be aware. Um, they're uh, so profit dri- driven and you always have to find, uh, you know, where's my next blockbuster drug? Where's my, uh, because if you don't, because um, the profit margin is, is so big, uh, uh, and 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 the, the companies got used to it. So if if they don't if they don't find the next blockbuster, the company might go under. So the, we were always wow. under the stress to find the most profitable. Um, so you would develop something called pipelines. So you you start with maybe you know one hundred projects. Um, at at the end of, of the several years, uh, if one of the projects becomes your blockbuster product, then you're good. If if not, then the company will will, will go under. And uh, uh, um. In, in a lot of cases, the pharmaceutical companies, if their own research cannot come out with a, a big uh, blockbuster product, then they would have to uh, uh, acquire. So they, they go buy a company here and there, so they buy their product and then they, they continue. So that's, uh, that's the pharmaceutical uh, industry. Uh, because the their product margin uh, profit margin is so big, so they get used to it, and then you know they they just have to keep going. And for a vaccine company, um, I mean, I come to the industry uh, um, because you know two of my brothers they died uh, from diseases early, just a few days after they were born. Um, we didn't even know what the disease was uh, because you know poor hygiene, poor everything in, in China uh, around that time. Uh, I wanted uh, every uh, newborn being protected from all the diseases. So I um, that's why I, I actually went to the, the, the vaccine company to start with um but then you know you realize that we have to find the next vaccine um you know vaccines for this and that and that um, so i haven't i lost count in today's uh, cdc recommendation for a child uh you have like 30 vaccines that you you have to do 
Uh, that's a lot. <laughs> uh, I, I I doubt if every one of them are necessary. Some of them might be necessary, but I doubt if every one of them. So it, when when a health uh, issue becomes a profit problem, uh, there might be a, a problem. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm just without criticizing my my uh, my formal industry too much. I I just. Uh, say that like i think um, uh, uh, vaccines or drugs they're for human health um and it, it, there's nothing wrong to make money um while you're protecting people's health um but if it's driven by that and there was so much like pressure to to um to come out with a new vaccine or a new drug, and uh, you kind of overlook all the other issues like side effects and and so on. Uh, there, there, there's uh, there's a, a problem. And in today's uh, COVID vaccine, I see that as a, a very good example. Um, uh, vaccines are given to healthy people to start with, so not like drugs. So so the MRI technology is for gene therapy. Uh, so when uh, a person is close to die at, um, from, uh, you know, phase three, uh, phase four cancer, for instance. So a person is given like two, three months to leave. Sure, you use uh, this technology um, to save the life, uh, that that's 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 fine with me. I, I think I can, I can I can um, approve that. Uh, but for a healthy person and and you know, large scale, using that kind of technology, it's very risky. And um, without doing a lot of uh, testing and uh, you know um, the, the necessary steps to rule it out and mandate to all the healthy people that's that's just too much i i i i i i questioned uh that at the beginning and now i start to to see the the side effects and um and i feel like something went terribly wrong actually well joe um i'm not a molecular biologist and I didn't study creating vaccines but my understanding is that you can't develop uh, a safe vaccine in nine months it's impossible it is impossible uh, so um, that, that's that's why I um, I started to write about them I um, I I I was part of the industry and I was in in the uh, basically the research department of that industry, basically the the first uh, a few steps uh, when you uh, develop a vaccine. Obviously, there's a lot of more steps involved before you you actually have a product and you 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 test them and you can you you you, you can certify them and uh, to to be given to healthy people. Um, so I don't know. I'm not an expert in every step, 
but I was in the industry for more than 10 years. I, I know uh, roughly what other steps and each step may take a certain time. Uh, and nine months is just <laughs> impossible. And now we, we see the, the side effects. And, and, and to, just to give you an example, like I, first I heard, oh, using mRNA, that's, that's, that's actually a little assuring because I knew RNAs are easy to be degraded. So you, you should not stay in your body for a long time. So, so you take something, even if it's harmful, it's gonna go away. Uh, so the harm will not last. Um, so I, I, that's my first impression. Uh, but what actually happened was uh, they actually made the uh, RNA molecule very stable by changing the chemistry. That's very scary. When I read um, um, reports, uh, scientific and peer-reviewed reports, that uh, they are so. If I if I if a mother takes the vaccine, the uh, uh, RNA can be found in the milk uh, that that's you know, given to to the infant. Wow, I I don't know. <laughs> um, so what? Uh, you know what did they do to make the RNA so stable? And uh, once it's it's genetic material, so if it's stable, it uh, it goes somewhere and it does the thing, and and the the um, the the spike protein that it codes, it's it's not a benign protein. It's 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 a known toxic. So I yeah, uh, it's it's just. Uh, I, I I guess you know it, it would be better if I didn't know this much. <laughs> I would sleep better, but, uh, but but I happened to know this and I had to to write about it. So um, that's a good example that why uh, I I uh, basically quit uh, uh, scientific research and pursue a media career because. Uh, People needs to know uh, the facts, uh, and uh, I, I grew up in China. And uh, the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, they are there to control. They control everything, including scientific discoveries. So that's why most of the people didn't know the truth, and they follow the leadership of the CCP, which is tragic. I taste the freedom in Canada because this is um, still a free country. But uh, when um, when I was working for Sanofi, uh, as I said, the, the the job is quite stressful. So I started to practice Falun Gong, a meditation to re relieve my stress. Uh, it's a it's a Chinese practice. It's a it's a Buddhist school practice. It's very good for your health, and it's it doesn't have any political affiliations um, but the, because it becomes so popular in China the CCP wouldn't allow a group out of uh, the CCP control so they uh, uh, they started to outlaw the practice the meditation practice that's crazy um, it is crazy and when the persecution didn't go anywhere they started to use media propaganda to defame people who who does the meditation saying they they're crazy people they kill babies they um so it's like just like the, the nazis did to the jews um uh, in order to or to, justin trudeau did to the truckers 
Yeah, well, <laughs> that's that's the that I'll come back to that because uh, he, um, that's what uh, tyranny do. That's what dictatorship do. So they yeah. because they control all the narrative, the the uh, the media. So they were able to do that. Um, so the the thing that draw uh, drew me to media was was that when I was working in Sanofi. Um, I had very good friends. Uh, we're all like PhD, very well-educated uh, scientists. I would say that my colleagues wouldn't believe in the in the CCP propaganda, but uh, I was wrong. Um, some of them um, they they kept distance from me, which hurt me very uh, very much because uh, they kind of bought into the the propaganda. So I decided to um, I. I went to Rogers and uh, and asked for time on their uh, community channel, and I was uh, lucky enough to find uh, there's a, a time slot. Uh, I started a program called Mandarin Time to tell people, um, you know, what's what the practice is about. And before I know it, uh, you know, we have people from Taiwan, from Tibet, from the Uyghurs. We they, we all wanted to have a voice, and uh, and before I know that. We have people in Toronto doing doing similar things, uh, as as people in, in in New York City, London, Paris, and Sydney. Uh, so we started this network called the New Town Dynasty TV. Uh, so so that's how I I got started with media. So I was doing uh, vaccine research, daytime media in 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 uh, nighttime and, and holidays. Um, and then I, I found this is just too much. And uh, in 2008, I quit vaccine to do uh, media. It was not a difficult choice because um, vaccines, uh, I, I, I really truly believe a good vaccine could save people's life. But uh, if, if we don't have free media, uh, if we lose our freedom, like the trackers, um, that could be we could live like the Chinese living in the 1960s. Um, yes. That would be a bad thing, very bad. The Cultural Revolution, it's estimated, caused the death of 60 million Chinese. At least 60 million. That is uh, 60 to 80, I, I think. That's, 60 to 80. That's yeah. basically two Canadas. Two Canadas died. Yeah, well, I mean, before that, the the the, the great leap forward uh, actually uh, killed one of my sisters uh, uh, because um, be, because the actually this the scientists were lying. Um, uh, the CCP was driving them to lie because uh, when the CCP took power. They say, okay, well, the, the communism will uh, will help every aspect of your life, including growing crops. Uh, so the so the local um, official would boost their local agriculture output uh, so that they can be recognized by their superiors. So what happened was, uh, so village A would say, okay, well. Our uh, output is is five times of last year, and village B will say, "No, this is nothing. We did ten times." And village C will say, "We have three hundred uh, times of the output of last last year." 
guess what? You have to pay tax on what you reported. So the central government will collect all the crops, leaving nothing for the villagers. So my sister, she was like three years old. She died of hunger at her home because the CCP took all the food out of the villagers simply because some some officials wanted to to get promoted. And uh, and I, my family was That's the disgusting. lucky one. That's disgusting. We, just, we only lost one member. I had neighbors, the whole family wiped out just because of that. So this is actually called Great Leap Forward movement, meaning that uh, because communism is so good, the output of everything has jumped many times. That's all, only on paper. So not in reality. Suffering? Who's suffering? Yeah, so the people are suffering. And uh, you said, uh, you know, the Great Culture uh, Revolution killed 60 million Chinese people. So the Great Leap Forward was before that. It's in the uh, 1958 to 1960. That was five years before the Great Culture Revolution. And that, in my province alone, I think... They were talking about millions of people died. And I, you know, my family was, my sister was one of them. I, I knew it happened. Um, so it was, uh, it, so when you lose freedom, you lose your your ability to look at the facts and, and you were controlled by this tyranny and you become nothing. So when, when the truckers movement happened uh, in, in Canada, you know, if the government uses the Emergency Act to silence those, you can imagine what's, what can come next. Gradually, you know, you will lose your freedom and we become people living under CCP. That's, that's going to be very bad. Yeah, I think, you know, I'm from Iran and my, um, I grew up during the Iranian Revolution. Mm. And wow. I was 11 years old when the Iranian Revolution took place. It was 1978. Wow. wow. And we came to, uh, we left Can- Iran in 1980. So I was there for almost two years when all that happened. Yeah. Wow. Uh, my parents would tell <laughs> me, keep your relate. mouth shut. Keep yeah. your mouth shut. Don't say certain things. And I wouldn't listen because I was headstrong. It caused us problems. Someone threw a Molotov cocktail through our living room window. Wow. With a note on it that said, die Christian scum, because we're Christians. Wow. And um, I'm very grateful to be free and living in a free country. And that's why I'm very vigilant to make sure that those in power don't take our freedom away. It is my opinion that Justin Trudeau is not a traditional Canadian liberal. He is not like, you know, Paul Martin or Jean Chrétien or, uh, you know, Lester Pearson or even his father. He is closer to the folks that run uh, the CCP. Uh, and well, what he, he did he, was terrible. And he, 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 must that, be, uh, he must be defeated in the next election if we are to maintain freedom in this country. If the Liberal Party were to win and he was at its head, uh, freedom in Canada is going to be lost. So it's very important that any, anyone who cares about Canada understands that. And that maybe you voted for the Liberals 20 years ago. And that's fine, but you can't vote liberal today. 
Not if you love Canada. Not if you love freedom. It's impossible. Well, well before Justin Trudeau came to power, he actually he's he said um, that he admired the CCP system. So the ba- China's basic dictatorship, he calls it. That's right. So you remember yeah, that right? basic dictatorship. I mean, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> no. So listen, um, but what you did was great. You took a stand for freedom, and you took a stand for what mattered. But tell us, because what uh, what your media company and what the Epic Times has done is they've actually created quite a very powerful business model. So could could we speak about that for a couple minutes from that point of view? Sure. Um, I think uh, um, as a business, uh, uh, I, I think uh, you always uh, try to find the profit, right? Um, but uh, um, I my experience is that if you... Um, I have spoken quite in length about the pharmaceutical uh, industry chasing profit. Uh, it, it, I, I think that will be that will, that will be wrong. And uh, I think uh, for the Epoch Times and NTD, what we have been doing is, uh, although we keep an eye on the profit, um, but we always follow the heart. Mm. That's. Uh, when you know you're doing the right thing and uh um and that's when you know that uh when you actually go through difficulties you you will always have a line like uh like-minded team to um to fight with you and go through the difficulty with you and uh, there will be a light at the end of the tunnel. We knew that when we were um, very difficult uh, running the business. And today we uh, we we are, I, I think we're um, we're we're doing okay um, in terms of uh, profitability, uh, and and we are very grateful. Uh, for this, and uh, uh, we and we can we can actually uh, speak freely, uh, so we can we can report on the truth, and we can uh, um, you know we are not uh, uh, affiliated or or uh, uh, controlled by any government or any other organizations, so that uh, you know we can only see certain things. Uh, um we we're, we're free of all that and that's uh, that's our best business model because uh, if we can speak truth we can always find the audience uh and we 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 have peace of mind in our heart and uh and the business is solid because of that you know you you, you speak about driving from the heart and i want to i want to just address that for a moment there's something we teach in in the work we do with business owners called heart leadership and we teach thought leadership as well which is how how to take your your best ideas and turn them into um, ip intellectual property and use that to be of service to people but we say that the best thought leaders are actually heart leaders because they lead with their heart they speak the truth and they they come from a deep love for humanity and, and a caring for humanity. 
And mm -hmm. unfortunately, human nature has a light side and a dark side, right? The dark side can be seen in the actions of the communism and, and Marxist ideology. And the light side can be seen in, in the work of people like some of the practitioners of Falun Gong and the folks at Epic Times and uh, with your TV network as well. And I, I think that's a fantastic thing. You know, um, I wrote a book that just came out. That's uh, how I re got reconnected with Roger. And he wrote a nice piece about our book because mm. uh, the book is uh, a list of companies that mm. are... Um, that are pro-freedom and not pro-woke and pro-communism. <laughs> and uh, this this is the book. It, lo it looks like this. It's 123 companies. Oh. I wrote it oh, with wow. Wayne, Alan Root. We've been on a bunch of shows. Wow. We want to get on a bunch more, but we wrote it as a labor of love because we want to give people a choice. We, we, we went and we created um, a scale to grade how um these companies do uh, around things like their uh, you know their their marketing messaging is it uh, freedom oriented or is it woke oriented or their virtue signaling they're about things like um uh, their commitment to freedom their hiring policies do they hire the best people or do they try to do identity politics their political involvement are they virtue signaling or are they sticking to their business and and uh, their culture are they trying to force their employees to have one view or do they allow their employees to have whatever views they want? And these are the things we use to come up with the companies and Epic mm. times is, oh. is here is in the list. It is company number 14 in the top 20 list. So oh, okay. you know, well, oh, it's um, not bad. It's, uh, it's pretty darn good. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Thank the, you. The 20 you. most patriotic got the first chapter. And so uh, it's, um, for us, it's a it's a privilege and an honor to be able to put the book together. And for me, it's a privilege and an honor to be able to interview you today. And uh, I hope Thank that this you. is the first of many associations we can have. I'd I'd be I'd be delighted to be able to do more and different things with you and with the organization as a whole. I think it's great. Keep doing what you're doing, Joe. So we like to end off each episode by asking you, as our guest expert, for your best three pieces of advice. We call them expert action steps. These are things that you believe listeners can take on in their life or even in their business to really take it to the next step. So what do you say? Well, if you're doing business, uh, not just following money, uh, follow your heart. I think that's number one. Uh, if, you, if you chase money too much, then uh, that could be a problematic uh, approach. So follow your, your heart. It's the most important and and uh, second will be be truthful to yourself and uh, and be truthful on on your business as well uh you, you can be um selective in 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 looking at uh, some 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 of the issues but you just have to be truthful um and uh, and have a, a very uh realistic assessment of, of what's what's going on and uh well, the third one, I, I think, uh, believing in 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 humanity. Uh, so today we, um, you know, we have uh, different views of, of of the world, but I I, I think human human beings are um, a, um, a precious, and um, we should uh, we should believe in in our our communities, believe in our fellow um, 
um, Canadians, uh, so that we we together we will make this country a better place and our business more profitable. Amen, my friend. Amen. Well said. Thank you. Thank you. So, um, so where can people go to find out more about Epic Times? Well, I, and I'm the, yeah, EpicTimes.com and NTD.com, and so we. Uh, I I'm I'm doing more on the TV side. Uh, I'm only writing for the Epoch Times. So the Epoch Times, uh, go to the website and find uh, Joe Wang. I'm a col colonist like Roger. Um, so I I have uh, some articles there, mostly about uh, uh, COVID nineteen. Great. And uh, uh, really, I'm 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 trying to. Uh, to make NTD uh, the most powerful TV network. Uh, so uh, visit ntd.com uh, regularly and, uh, and watch our programs. Absolutely, 100%. We'll make sure all that get, gets put in the show notes. And my <laughs> podcast producer works with you too, so I know he'll get it all right. <laughs> yes, so, yes, yes, yes. Uh, so listener, Joe Wang, a great man, a great humanitarian, a man who leads from the heart, and I think the title of this episode—I was wondering what to what to name the episode because there's so much we talked about. But the title I like, and Joe, I'm, I'm sure you're going to like it too, is "Don't Just Chase Money, um, Follow Your Heart." Follow your heart, and yes. everything is going to be great when you do that. Yes. yes. Uh, so, listener, make sure that you go check out all the links that are going to be in the show notes if you want to find out more about. Joe about his television network about the work he does with Epic Times it's all there and strive to bring your own heart more into your business you're, you're going to be more successful when you come from a space of caring for your fellow man or woman and that wraps up another exciting episode of the podcast the thought leader revolution to find out more about today's incredible guest the one and only Joe Wang go to the show notes at thethoughtleaderrevolution.com or wherever you happen to listen to this episode be it iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Audible Google Play or what have you until next time, goodbye. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice.